This is the Paycheck to Daycheck Reselling Podcast. I'm Liz. And I'm Ashley. Together, we have been making money online collectively for over 10 years. Our mission is to help you start, learn, and grow a reselling business and to inspire you to turn your paycheck into a daycheck. The world is changing and we want to help you change with it. Welcome back to another episode of the Paycheck Today Check podcast. Today we are going to be talking about an interesting topic. It is learning how saying no can benefit your business. So I think in general, it's pretty hard for us as humans to say no to people when they ask us to do something for them or to give up our time or to take on more responsibility, um, saying no to an opportunity that presents itself. Just in general, it's difficult for us to say no because it creates you know, conflict. Sometimes it creates awkward situations and we, I think, especially business owners take on a lot more than, um, a lot more than we should, I guess I'll put it that way. So, you know, over the last week or so, I've spent a lot of time thinking about as we're coming up to right now, it's the beginning of December. Um, but we're, you know, coming to the end of the year, everyone thinks about their goals for the new year, things that they want to do differently, things they want to change. Um, and saying no kept coming up for me. So I thought we should maybe discuss this in a full episode and really get into it. So I think it's something that, you know, we can all do better at, right? Um, again, especially as business owners, saying no when certain opportunities come up can be specifically difficult. Um, maybe that comes to you in the form of free inventory or someone who is asking you to sell items for them, which I know a lot of us struggle with. Uh, some of these situations can cause more stress than they're worth, especially if, you know, let's take that last example. Someone who's asking you to sell items for them is someone that's close to you or a family member, a close friend. Um, if you're picking up like a bulk load of free inventory, you might end up with a couple of good pieces. If you find something like that on Facebook Marketplace or offer up something of that nature, but then you're stuck with a ton of inventory that you might need to offload um, because those items don't match your, you know, your metrics and they're just not worth listing. And again, having garbage bags full or bins full or a truckload full of inventory that you need to, well, not inventory, you know, items that you need to find a new home for, um, it can cause a little bit of stress and anxiety trying to figure out what to do with those items. You don't necessarily want to contribute to more landfill waste. You want to try to find them a home that they'll be used in. What do you do with this stuff? So all of these situations that we find ourselves in, for me anyways, specifically, I get to a certain point in this journey and I'm like, you know, Ashley, this would have been completely resolved. If you had just said no in the first place, you wouldn't have had to deal with any of this. We wouldn't even be in this situation right now, right? If I had just had the guts maybe to say no in the first place. So we're going to really dive in and uh, get into some more examples and how we can help you guys, different ways of saying no, all the nitty gritty. So essentially all of this comes down to knowing your metrics, your buying criteria, rules that you have for your own business. We tend to say yes right away. And then when you look back, you're like, that was a horrible decision because I really, I didn't take those into consideration. Like when you're given those opportunities, not everyone knows reselling like we know reselling, you know, like, and even like my business, Ashley doesn't know 
anything about my business. I don't know anything about her business. I don't know what she's willing to pick up and what she's not willing to pick up. So when those opportunities get presented, you really need to take a step back and figure out, am I willing to take on this type of inventory? You know, if you are not a shoe seller and somebody's like, I've got a hundred shoes if you would like to buy them, you have to then think, I've got to go and, and do all that research on those items. Like, I don't know much about selling shoes. Maybe it's specifically men's dress shoes. You're going to have to spend a lot more time trying to figure out if that is something that's going to meet your buying criteria. So that's something to really think about. And that's why you should have buying criteria and have rules for your business where you're not willing to spend over this amount per item or you're not willing to take on items that just aren't going to profit you a lot of money. We've talked about that a lot in the last couple episodes is that that is something that's really important is having some sort of metric where that's going to help you say no, because you know that that's going to be something that's going to be a waste of time. You're not going to make money. It might take a lot of time to prep those items and you maybe don't have that time to do that. I know you know when you were talking, the example came up in my head. I know that you guys have bought out a couple eBay stores in the past and your example, you know, even from reseller to reseller, like you said, my metrics are not the same as your metrics. Our businesses are set up completely differently. So even if an opportunity presents itself from another reseller, you still need to make sure that, you know, everything meets your criteria and it's a good buy for you. Or, you know, if something's being given away for free, you, you don't want to take that on if it's, complete junk, you know? So I think that, you know, you've mentioned before, I think a little bit, we've talked about um, how those experiences went with you buying out the eBay stores. You want to just give like a little refresher for if, just in case people have missed those. Yeah. Uh, Casey's mom was out here, Bolo Brenda, shout out to Bolo Brenda. She was out here visiting and, you know, she's sitting on our back patio. This was before we actually, now we have a long extended patio so she can sit out there and not sweat as much. It would be really nice if she would come back out and visit, but she was out there and she always searches Facebook marketplace. I mean, she's retired. She does eBay on the side. That's like her play money. She lives in Seattle with Casey's sister. So when she comes down here, I always give her some tasks. And I had a couple tasks for her. I wanted her to find me bar stools, which we never did find. Bar stools, by the way, are very, very expensive, especially on marketplace. I found some, not to get off subject, there was a lot of, we need three of them. So there was a lot of three and they were like $100 each. So it's really expensive. So I wanted to give her that task because I'm like, I don't have enough time in the day to to look for bar stools. And then there was a couple other things that I had her look for, but she was looking on Facebook Marketplace for those items and came across somebody that was selling their eBay store. The person lived not even two miles away from us, very close. And she was looking through some of the items. They had taken pictures. Of course, you know, it's really difficult to take pictures of all of the items that you have. You know, we think about all of our bins that we have. And, you know, so they took a couple pictures of like the insides of the bins. And she's like, you know, I think this might be really fitting for you guys. So we went to the person's house and come to find out during COVID, it was a couple, they had kids, they started reselling. And while they were reselling, he was going and getting his real estate license. Well, since then, he had gotten his real estate license, therefore wanted to get out of reselling because he wanted to focus on real estate. I think they started off at like $4,000 for everything. Casey and I were like, there is no way that 
we're going to pay that much. We ended up agreeing on $2,200, but there were some things that I feel like we could have done better. We didn't really look through all the bins. I think that was our mistake. We were just kind of looking through a couple and we're like, okay, well, if we look through a couple and there's good items that we would probably have bought at Goodwill or garage sales, then the rest of the inventory has to be good, right? That was our mindset. We should have also looked at their eBay store because they still had everything listed. You know, yes, when you list items, it looks better than what it really is. You know, you list it, let's say you list all the items for $100, then you're looking at the listed price and it looks like there's a lot more value in that store than there really is because not everybody takes that $100. Maybe they're going to take an offer for 50, you know? So you have to think about that stuff too when you're looking at, if, if you were to buy out an eBay store and they show you the eBay store, like really taking consideration, you know, you might not get that amount and also shipping and fees. You have to factor that in as well. We should, you know, there were some mistakes that we made. I really wish we would have said no, because in the end, I mean, we just, this, just this week sold a pair of Saucony women's shoes. They were size nine, pretty good shape. We sold them for $18 and they were listed in June of 2021. And we have so many items like that. We went through all their inventory and there were many items that we had to just not even list because once I got to them, I'm like, that's not something we would have picked up. There's not a lot of value. I'm not going to waste my time. And I think that's really the big thing is, especially when you acquire a lot of inventory, what is your time worth? Unless somebody has like a eBay store where they have really high ticket items, those people are probably going to sell through that inventory because they probably got it for cheap. It's high dollar. They're going to sell through it and be done with it. So the stores that I feel like are that are selling all their inventory, I think they're just kind of mediocre. And maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. That's just what I've seen based on like the Phoenix area and people trying to get rid of merchandise and all their inventory. Yeah. You know, I think that's a great example. And it's so easy for us to kind of get caught up in the excitement, right? Like you you found an eBay store. You know, my example of this would be I'm majorly guilty of picking up free items. I find something on Facebook Marketplace or OfferUp or you my local neighborhood page on like Nextdoor or something. And I, you know, I'm like, Brian, we have go get your truck. We've got to go get this like right now before someone else gets to it. And it's like the competition, right? And the excitement and the adrenaline. And then it sits there. It needs to be cleaned or it needs to be fixed or some, you know, whatever needs to be done to it before I get around to taking pictures of it and listing it. So then usually what will happen is I never list the items or um, I end up listing them later, right? Later than I should. And by then they don't meet my, my metrics. So they end up not selling. And then I have to put them out there for free again, or try to get rid of them or something. You know, I am claiming this now in 2024, I'm 100% done doing this. I'm not doing it again. You will not see Ashley browsing Facebook marketplace, looking for free stuff. That doesn't mean my metrics that I'm not going to list. I'm done doing it. Um, I would rather spend my time sourcing items that do meet my specific metrics and that I know are going to sell. Uh, I don't want these things to end up in my death pile. 
I don't want them taking up room. And I know that a lot of them are just going to end up, like I said, not listed and then sitting around for who knows how long. And I'm just, I'm finished with it. So that's what I'm claiming for myself for 2024. And if you're doing the same thing, definitely let us know. Um, See, we don't really look for free items. I mean, everyone, I, more the free items are usually for like our home. Casey Ooh. scored these two really expensive outdoor loungers. Uh, well, it's a chair and then like an ottoman and it's outdoor furniture. And out here, the outdoor furniture, it gets warped from the sun and the heat. It's really hard to find that furniture. And somebody in the foothills of the mountains by us, definitely a million dollar home. They were getting rid of it and it was in great shape. And I was like, Casey, go knock on the door, see what else they have for free because, you know, they just wanted it out of there, but it was good for us. But yeah, we really don't look for free items. I don't know. We get more opportunities through friends and family, which I see that's going to be the next thing that we're going to talk about is, you know, it is hard when families and friends, family and friends come to you and they're like, I have all this free inventory. Now I will with my sister, I will take her free stuff because I know she shops at higher end stores. She has coach purses, Kate Spade. She has a lot of like flip flops that she'll buy. In fact, she's going on a cruise in like a week to celebrate her boyfriend, Brian, his 50th birthday, him and uh, her. And then his parents are going on a cruise to the Caribbean. So she bought three or four pairs of new flip flops just so she could have new flip flops for the cruise. But my sister, She's very well off. She has been very successful. She's a nurse. She can do that kind of stuff. And so a lot of times she buys new things and wants to get rid of the old thing. And she's like, I'd rather give it to you than go and donate it to Goodwill, which I'm like, just pretend like I am your Goodwill. Like I will happily take your stuff. So that's one person I don't have a problem taking stuff from because I know the quality of goods that I'm going to get from her are going to be ones that I can profit on. But in the most... Most of the times, friends and family, they're like, do you want this? You know, my dad's like, do you want these golf shirts? And they're like, $10 shirts you could buy at Walmart. You know, so it's like, no, you can just go ahead and donate that stuff. I don't need it. <laughs> yeah, my parents are pretty good about not asking me to sell stuff for them. Or if they do come across something, I've mentioned multiple times before that they used to sell on eBay and they had a stand, you know, standalone antique shop as well. So they get it that they don't want to take on. And they, I remember when they used to do this, they would have people come to them constantly asking them if they would sell items for them. And it was very difficult for them to say no. Uh, it still is difficult for them to say no. They still, they've been out of this for years and they still have people that come to them and ask them if they would take on like um, Hess trucks, for example, or NASCAR cars or whatever. And they, they don't want to do it. They don't want to get back into it. Once in a while, they will ask me if I want to take it on. And I'm like, no, absolutely not. I'm not interested <laughs> in that. So for me though, if, uh, a friend or a family member asks, usually they're, they're doing it. Let's be clear. They're, they're usually doing it because you are the only person that they know that does this kind of thing, right? They're, you're the only reseller that they know. Secondly, a lot of times they're doing it because they think that they're helping you, you know? So you don't want to be harsh with them. You want to kind of let them down easily, but they'll, you can let them know. I heard this the other day and it was a very good um, phrase for letting someone know that you just aren't going to be selling this for them. Um, those are really great items, but I'm just not set up 
to sell whatever it is, Hess trucks, NASCAR cars, Playboy magazines, whatever the case might be. Um, I'm not set up to sell these items. So if you're, you know, a clothing seller, you're not set up to sell NASCAR cars. You know what I mean? You probably don't have the knowledge about these items. So you'd have to factor that in. You'd have to maybe change your photo setup, your listings, all that stuff. So that's just a really great way of letting someone know like, you know, hey, these are great items. Maybe you can find someone else that is set up to sell them, but I'm personally not able to. I'm just not set up. My business isn't set up this way. And I thought that was like a brilliant way of saying no without like actually just a blunt no, which is totally fine too. But a lot of us are like, oh, we don't want to ruin this relationship and we don't want them to be offended. So we need like a fluffier way of saying this, right? And that is a good point. They want to help you. They know that that's how you make money, but they don't have that knowledge. They don't have the knowledge of like whether their stuff is valuable or not. They just assume, oh, you can make money. A lot of people do assume, you know, even, you know, thrift stores. Oh, well, I can sell this, you know, this shirt for $20. Somebody will buy it. You know, people just don't really truly understand the value because it does take so much time to learn the value of items. Some people, not every opportunity is going to be in your best interest. You know, on the other hand, sometimes people just want to almost I don't want to say the word use, but they just, or take advantage of, but they kind of are taking advantage of the knowledge that you already have and the business that you've built. So they look at it as, oh, well, I'll go ahead. I'll buy this pallet of used items. I'll bid on that. I'll, I'll buy that pallet because I know, you know what, Liz and Casey, they know how to get rid of that stuff. So if I can't get rid of it, they'll probably get rid of it for me. And that was kind of the situation we were in with my cousin and her husband. Well, it wasn't her, but it was him. He had bid on something and then he's just like, oh yeah, let's do a, let's work out a deal, you know, 50%. And it's like, I'm sorry you bought that dud, but you know, and we took it on. We didn't want to say no. And looking back, we should have been like, no, just like you say, we're not set up to sell used electronics. There was a bunch of iPad keyboards and Mac keyboards and, and used ink cartridges. Well, not used ink, but damaged ink cartridges. Those really, really big ones that cost like $20 to ship. And there was a bunch of other like medical devices, which, you know, most of them you can't even sell on eBay anyways. And it just, it became so much work. We had to store that, that stuff. And we finally got to the point where we're like, look, we're either going to donate this or you can take it back because we just can't, we can't be selling this stuff. We tried selling the ink cartridges. They would show up. The person would try using them. They'd be dried out. We'd have to refund. Then that's hurting our metrics, you know? So it's like, we really should have said no in the beginning and looked at the stuff that he had, but we were just trying to do him a favor. And, and we've learned from that. We learned not to say yes to those situations Another thing, we recently, our friend opened up a pallet business. So they get, it's a liquidation company. Uh, it's in Phoenix. We've done a reel on it on Instagram and on YouTube, but it's one where they buy truckloads of pallets from Amazon, Lowe's. There's a couple other, Walmart. Yeah, there's an, there's another couple places that they get their inventory from, but it, it arrives in the truckload. And then they have all these pallets and then they sell the pallets to people, which sounds like a great idea. We were hoping it was going to work. We don't have a lot of knowledge in that. So what we did was we went to, you know, their warehouse. It was before they had their grand opening. 
We decided we were going to pick an Amazon and a Walmart palette. Looking at the inventory, and I had this gut feeling, and I should always go with your gut feeling. I should have listened to myself, but Casey wanted to help support a friend. And guess who has all that crap in the garage? That would be us. Because the Amazon palette, nothing but cheap private label products, non-branded. You can't resell it. We're going to have a finally a garage sale this weekend. Because it's going to be nice. It's not going to rain. It'll be a little cooler. But we're going to have to sell that stuff at the garage sale and hopefully recoup our money. Each pallet was $500, $600, maybe even a little bit more. I mean, we got pretty much ripped off. But they were brand new in the pallet business and didn't know any better either. Like they totally, even though we got a discount, we shouldn't have paid more than $300 for those pallets. And then the, the Walmart one, it'll be a little bit more fun because the Walmart boxes, we can open them so we can do an unboxing for the Freeway Flipper YouTube channel. And we've opened up one and some of it was, of course, junk. But then we did find like a magic bullet blender that we have sold. So Walmart seemed a little bit more promising. It had, you know, name brands, but a lot of that stuff was damaged. It's hard to go through it all. You have to bring it all home and then check it. That opportunity, it was nice that they gave us a slight discount, but in the end, it didn't, it did not fit what we do. And that was like one of our biggest horrible business decisions of 2023. And another opportunity we've had to go through and and get things where we did say yes, and I'm glad we did. It was when my grandma was going into an assisted living home. She had lived in the same place for 30 years, and they needed somebody to go through her stuff. But then I went over there, I went through all of her stuff, kind of picked the stuff that I would want just to keep, like personal, like keep, you know, my grandma's keepsakes. And then there was stuff where I was like, ooh, that would be valuable. But then my mom was like, do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want this? And I, it was so hard for me to say no, because it's like, it's my grandma's stuff. I love my grandma. But in the end, I should have been like, I've already gone over. I've picked up everything I need. You guys can either donate it or, you know, do what you want with the stuff. Like I should have said it at that point. So now we're having some things to have to go through, but I think they'll, we'll just sell them at the garage sale. But that's just another example of sometimes you really need to take a step back before you say yes or agree to something like it's okay to be like, let me think about it, you know, or, you know, like you said earlier, the what was it? Those are great items, but I'm just not set up to sell them. So say that or let me think about it. And it's okay to ask for more information too. like, don't ever feel like you are stuck where you have to say yes, because in the end, it's only hurting you. It's not hurting them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, taking some time, letting, you know, them know I need to think about this or I need to talk it over with Casey or my business partner or my significant other, whoever, uh, that kind of gives you a little bit of an out in that moment. So you're not making a rash decision. And then if you do want more information or more pictures or want to go back and see the items again, you can do that if you think it's going to be a good opportunity for you. And then if it's not, it kind of gives you a little bit of time to think about how you're going to say no to the opportunity. So I think, you know, giving yourself a little bit of space, taking a step back from the situation, that's a really great idea, just so you can think about it thoroughly, make sure that it does meet your metrics. And if it doesn't, that'll give you an opportunity to say no in a way that it won't ruin the relationship. Maybe in the future, they'll have something else for you. But um just not at this time. So whatever you struggle with personally in your business saying no to, 
the whole key to this is just coming up with a solid professional way of saying no that works for you um, and that you can kind of refer back to over and over again. So um, another thing that I'm personally going to be saying no to in 2024 is over committing myself. I'm so guilty of this. Uh, I think there's probably plenty of us that struggle with it also. Um, I constantly overcommit myself and I have for multiple years. Uh, and then I find myself burnt out, stressed out, tired, annoyed, resentful, and I hate feeling that way. And I do it, to, you know, it's my own doing um, because I don't have, you know, the guts to say no to whatever it is in the first place that put me in the situation. It is, it is hard to stick up for yourself, especially when people are asking you um, for your time. Our time is extremely precious. It's an extremely precious resource. Um, and we need, I think, especially as business owners, resellers, all of us, we need to start acting that way. You can't create more time. Obviously, you guys have heard this, I'm sure, and you can't get it back once it's gone. It's just gone. So being more careful with how I spend my time in 2024 is going to give me more opportunity to do the things that I want to do and I want to focus on and get better at. Um, and it won't result in those negative feelings that I hate feeling so much. Uh, yeah, so that's definitely something that I'm going to work on. Yeah, for me, it's not just in the business. It's me and my personal life. I have always had a really hard time saying no. Um, I think especially now that we're in our early 40s, we don't have children, but we were financially better off than we've ever been. You know, like your 40s are are pretty good. Your 30s, you're still trying to figure it out, still trying to get established. But the 40s, you sh well, hopefully if you're listening, you're like, you feel like me, like I feel just more established. Like I have my, I have my shit together, but we have more friends. Our friends have kids and on the weekends, they have so much stuff going on. They don't have time. People sometimes turn to us because they know we don't have those responsibilities. So they're always asking us, do you want to go to this concert? Do you want to come over for dinner? Do you want to go do this activity? Do you want to go do that? And they come to us because they know we have the time. But in the end, I don't want to be that busy. Like I like, staying at home. Like last weekend, we could have gone to a, a, a Thanksgiving thing. It, well, it was a Friendsgiving. They had it after Thanksgiving, but we could have done that. But to me, it's like, I just wanted to stay home and that's okay. It's okay to say no to those things. I'm a natural people pleaser. I hate conflict. Uh, I don't like making people upset, but to the point where I do what I can to mend situations instead of create conflict. But in the end, it, it's just hurting me. Like, you know, I need to learn to say no. And I think that is one thing I'm going to be doing a lot more next year in 2024 is just even in my personal life, not taking on more things than I want because it does it, it, it take it creates a lot more stress and anxiety for me. And even just last weekend saying no to that and having the whole weekend where we stayed at home, we got stuff done around the house. My anxiety level was way lower than what it usually is. So I think that is something to think about in your personal life. Even, you know, it doesn't have to just apply to, to business, but it's okay to say no. And so maybe we need to like normalize saying no to things and it's okay to take care of yourself, you know? Yeah. So, all right. If you are listening on the podcast or watching on YouTube, let's commit right now to getting better. <laughs> 
to saying no to things in 2024. And let us know if you're watching on YouTube or in the comments below, something that you are going to start saying no to more often. If you are listening on the podcast, let us know on Instagram. We would love to know and hear what your examples are. All right, guys, that's a wrap on today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Paycheck to Daycheck Reselling Podcast. Anything we mentioned in this episode will be linked down below in the show notes or description down below. Be sure to share this episode with anyone you think it will help and follow us on social media at P2D Podcast. Thanks again for listening. Keep working towards that day check.